Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. So, it's the Mess It Up podcast, and this is take two. Last time we didn't have the microphones going, so we are starting it over again. I'm the Bowtie Guy. I'm Biker Chick. And Biker Chick just had some bad juju come out of her... Uh, her refresher did you did you get a seed or i did get a seed but it was like tart oh is that i, I wasn't sure if you if you bit it and it like hurt your tooth or what no. she was making some serious stank face over there a stank face stank face yeah so but i don't think you're gonna throw away your drink you're gonna keep on drinking it yeah are you gonna persevere i am nice because that's our word of the week this week all right persevere uh persevering is to be able to just push through something especially something that's negative or difficult or hard and in recovery, I think it's a really important idea to be able to persevere and to be able to move through because we are going to have problems in life. We're going to have ugly come our way. I think it's one of the foundational things that you have to have in recovery is the ability to persevere. Yeah. And I mean, say more about foundational things just so that people, if they're not clear on what you mean by that, like... Like it has to be a huge starting point. Like it has to be like the underlying thing. Like you cannot give up in recovery. You have to continue to persevere. Persevere. You have to continue to pierce your ear. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You have to continue to persevere and move forward or you're not going to be successful in your recovery. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many things that you can wrap into that, but you have to persevere and surrender. You have to, you know, because surrendering seems easy. But it's one of the most difficult things that I continue to have to push through is saying, you know, I can't do this, but it still takes perseverance to do that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And sometimes for me, the perseverance is not taking the wheel back. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I said this on the show, but I I saw a shirt um, the other day and it said, if God is your co-pilot, change seats. Yeah. Because that's me. It's like, oh yeah, God's my co-pilot because that sounded so cool. You said that teaching. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that means that I'm, I'm doing it with him instead of he's doing it and I'm following him. Right. You know, I need to be, God needs to be my pilot. I need to Absolutely. be God's, God's passenger Yes. Uh, on the plane, the big happy plane flying in the sky. That's right. So we're going to persevere. Yes. So this week, um, I had the opportunity to persevere. And it's been uh, a little bit of a rough time for the home life here at my house right. because of some incidents that happened with a family member. And without airing everybody's uh, problems, what we had was um, uh, we have a family member living with us who ran into some issues that went from small to massive in a hurry because of just a series of poor choices. And we finally had to say enough is enough. And we've had to ask this family mover member to now move. So we, we gave them a, a, you know, 30 days to get their affairs in order and to move on because it's just become a, a, a bad situation. And uh, my wife and I have known for a while that we're just not helping the situation. It, it feels like you're helping, like, okay, I'm, I'm doing 
making it better for this person. They, you know, not having to live, you know, under a bridge somewhere or whatever. But all we've been doing is just enabling them to not become better. Right. And and that's a. If I had to be, you know, analyzing my life, that's probably the biggest denial I've been living in, in the, for the last two years. Yeah. Is just well, I'm. I'm either better off doing this than, than not. So I've been holding in things that cause me resentment and, and basically sabotaging my own recovery in order to enable this person because I couldn't not. Right. I, I hadn't figured out the way to not do that. And it came to a head this week. And so, you know, I, I said, okay, enough is enough in 30 days. And I, I found this out, you know, I had this conversation on the phone while I was fixing to go into the prison. So I went back into the prison, had to put my phone away. And then this person didn't know that I was in the prison. So they got upset because I wasn't answering. And so the next day when we finally had a conversation, it went so quickly south. Yeah. And I did not practice good recovery principles. I did not practice the stuff that I you know, read in my Bible that says, you know, be slow to anger and, and watch your mouth and your tongue is a dangerous weapon and all these things. And I, I let two, three years of pent up resentment come gushing out of my face and my mouth. And it was, I, I just, I was not a good representation of anything other than a jerk. Yeah. And as it started going, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I can feel myself going downhill now and I should stop, but I'm not gonna. And I just fell into it and, and started pushing buttons that I know were buttons that were being pushed and Mm -hmm. being mean and rude and, um, to the point where I said, okay, you don't have 30 days, you have 30 minutes. And I started throwing things out the door because this person asked me not to throw them. So I picked stuff up and threw it because they didn't want me to. And I was going to have my way by golly. And so I felt good, you know, throwing it out there. I got that rage out and that anger out. And then I look over at my wife with her hands covering her face and her shoulders just heaving and sobbing and thinking, way to go, Paul. Nice job. Right. You really, really did some good work right there. Everyone's better now for the stuff that you did. And I wasn't able to persevere. I wasn't able to. And I, I had to, at that point, I got back on track. Mm-hmm. I worked my 10th step. Right. I recognized that I had done. I promptly admitted it. And made amends for it and said, nope. I said, 30 days. I meant 30 days. So you get 30 days. And I gave this person a hug. And it was an interesting conversation because this person's response back to me was, I love you. F you. But I love you. Right. Which was honest for them. Um, But man, it. I just felt so. And I still. I feel so much remorse for having done that. And so then I started getting those lies because mm. I think that the the number one 
line of attack for the enemy is just to lie to me. Absolutely. And if, if he can get me to believe the lie, that's what happened. I mean, that's how it started in the, in the garden. Like, hey, check it out. You know, God made this. He gave you everything. You, you should be able to do this. You're as good as him. And, you know, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. And so the lie that I'm being told now is, hey, man, look at you doing your prison thing. And you can't even get your house in order. You Ouch. can't even get your, your own family squared away. But you're helping these other people. What a jerk you are. And I rebuke that. Amen. And I know that that's not true. Right. But that's the one that keeps on coming. And that's the one that I keep hearing when I dig through all the noise. Um, and, and that's tough. Because I, I know when I look at the guys that I'm working with in prison, their parents couldn't help them. Right. And I'm not going to be able to help my kids in all situations. Right. Or any of my family members. Because they know me. They've seen me. And they just, I'm white noise. Yeah. In a lot of the situations. And another person can come up and say the exact same thing. They're like, oh, wow. And that's who I am for these guys in prison. I'm a new face, a fresh voice. And they're in a place where they've been brought low. Right. And they've been, you know, they've hit bottom. And uh, a gentleman told me today, I was talking to him. He asked me how the situation was going. And, and I told him and he said, you know, it wasn't until I was faced with that 25 to life that I finally started to realize how out of control my life was. Because before I thought I could manage it. And if I was just doing, you know, six months in the county jail, I was like, I can do that standing on my head. But he said, I started looking at 25 to life and thinking, uh-oh, I've got to make some changes. Right. And, and he had been brought up in church. So he knew church and he knew Christianity, but he didn't, he didn't grasp it. He wasn't you know, living that Christian lifestyle right. until that pain hit. So, yeah. Yeah. So how do we persevere? How do you persevere? What, what steps do we take to keep on going in our recovery? Like if it's a family member that we're butting heads with, or if it's a a, a, a bottle sitting on a shelf that's calling to us, or if it's a lie from the enemy that's being repeated to us through our own head or somebody else, How, what do you do to muster strength? I mean, you, not, not, not the royal you, but, but the you sitting across the microphone from me, what, what do you do? Biker chick. To... <laughs> huh? Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is to stand in the truth, to know the difference between a truth and a lie, and to be able to discover that and what that looks like and what that means. So I know with my alcoholism, the fact of the situation is if I drink again, I'm going to be back in the same place I was, if not worse. It might not take me a week, it might not take me a month or a year, but it's guaranteed based on my behavior patterns, my alcoholic disease, then I'm going to be back in the same place that I was. So the fact is I'm going to be back in that place. And I know in my heart, I don't want to be there. So the lie of, well, maybe you can drink just a little bit. It's been, you know, almost seven years. Your heart's different. You've healed a lot. There's a lot of things that are, have changed, you know, what's the difference of just having a glass of wine every now and then? 
It's not like you're going to start drinking liquor again. It's not like you're going to start, you know, just a couple beers while you're barbecuing. And so that whole tape feeds Mm -hmm. constantly. I live with a man who drinks. Um, Drinking is very socially acceptable. Um, You know, when mom needs a break on Facebook, what does she turn to? She turns to the wine, right? And there's just so much empowering of of people to drink, especially women, especially moms, you know, Oh, you're having a bad day. Grab that glass of wine. Hey, what about that margarita? And so knowing, being able to differentiate between the BS and the facts for me is very important and being self-aware and understanding my personal, you know, I'm not saying you can't drink Paul. I'm just knowing that the fact for me, this is the hard truth for me. And that's where I have to stand. And I also know with drinking, there's no way I could walk up to my kids and say I had a drink. Period. I would break their hearts. Just my oldest ones. Um, But there's no way, Zane in particular, I could walk up and say, you know what? I drank last night. I would break every bit of trust that we have spent the last seven years building. And so for me, I just, I know that there are certain boundaries I cannot cross. There are certain things I just can't do if I want to maintain the person that I have become today. Yeah. Uh, I, we were talking about these, these lies of the enemy in my, uh, one of my classes at the prison and the guy brought up the idea of counterfeit money mm-hmm. and he said at a bank, they don't give the bank teller counterfeit money so they can see what counterfeit money looks like. They only train them on the real thing. And they know the truth so much that when a lie comes through, it's obvious. Right. You don't study what the lie looks like to know what a lie is. You study the truth to know what a lie looks like because you know the truth so much and that's the only thing you've got. It's obvious. Yeah. When the lie is there. So I nailed that answer. You. Yeah. You did. You Woo! nailed it. Yeah. And that's the thing I was trying to think of earlier <laughs> when you told me to pray for I was like, got it. It's surrounding ourselves in truth is so very, very critical. And it, it even if I do it, if I'm teaching and I'm reading and I'm fellowshipping and I've got accountability partners, I can still mess up because everybody's tipping point is different. Right. You know, for me, seeing a, a, a bottle open on the counter or smelling it, that's not going to tip me over because that's not my thing. Right. But other things will tip me over, you know, and I have to be careful how I guard myself against the things that are going to attack me with my issues, my hangups, my hurts, my, my habits that I've built over my life. So when the enemy is trying to use the lie of, Hey, you're not handling your own affairs. You know, you're trying to help people fix theirs, but you're not handling your own. How, what truths do you use to combat that? Um, I have, and we just made this, this last week, we made a list of, uh, basically weapons against lies and everybody in all of my classes bringing a verse that means mm-hmm. something to them and I have them written down so I can just look and these things that just proved me and I, it's God's word that he is the antidote you know I, you see it in these movies all the time oh you know we get this poison but there's no antidote and until you give us one we will hold this for you ha 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 God's the antidote mm-hmm. God the, the lie cannot survive exposure to God 
Can I call you out for a minute? Okay. That sounds like a super Christianese answer to say. It, it does. It's scripture. Scripture's the truth that holds me down. But there's got to be a truth about yourself that you realize too. There's got to be a truth about Paul. When the enemy comes at you and says, you're not good enough. There's got to be a truth that you know about yourself that says, hey, wait a minute. That's a lie based on who I am today. Um, yes. Uh, I, I, there's several things that I can see, like you said, you know that if you have to drink, you're going to fall back into it. Right. And so I have things in my life that I know if A plus B, then C. And so I know statistically that family members aren't going to be able to save family members. Statistically, it's somebody outside the family that Mm -hmm. makes the difference in a recovery situation. Right. So I know that I'm doing that. I know that my 12th step says to give back and to do this. And so I'm, I'm doing that out of obedience and working my steps to do that. I know that in my life, when people came into, uh, when I was incarcerated and came in and fed into my life, that made a difference. And I knew I wanted to make a difference in someone else's life. And I could see the difference, the change that's being made in these men's lives. And just because I can't um, play guitar doesn't mean that I can't do music. Mm -hmm. And I can't fix my family member, but I can help be a part of the healing of all these other men and people. And I see it and I feel it. But when this incident happened, I came in, I told my guys, and I just got the God bumps that this was happening and I just didn't feel like being there. And so for anybody in one of my classes, they're earning time off of their sentence by being in my class. So if I'm not there and they can't be, they don't get that credit. So me not being there means they have to stay in prison longer. It's not just missing out on that two hours. It's the cumulative effect is you stay in prison longer. And they said, go. Go home, take care of your wife. It doesn't matter to us. And I was like, wow. So that was a huge thing. And I said, no, I'm here. We're going to do this. It's, it's important. And so then I started to teach my lesson. I started going and a guy says, excuse me, we've taken a vote. We've decided it's time to pray. And so they interrupted the lesson so that they could pray for me, for my family, for my wife. Yeah. And so that's how I know that I know that I know that I know. I see the fruit coming out in these men. I, I hear them speaking truth into other people's lives. And I, I get it through, I, I'm guaranteed through scripture. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's a Christianese answer, but it's the truth. But and the, I lean on it. But, but the, the real world, non-biblical stuff balances it out too and, and makes it I think I just wanted the rawness of your answer. Yeah. I didn't want the good answer. Yeah. You know, the good answer is the right answer. Yes. Yeah. The truths of script, scripture are the foundation yeah. that we walk on, period. It. We know that there are truths in the Bible that we can go to that help in every situation practically. But I wanted the raw answer. Mm. And so that's why I dug a little bit, Mr. Bowtie Guy. I appreciate that. And yeah. I, I think the listeners do as well. It was a good word. they tend to, uh, to love when we get... Uh, real. Yeah. Because there's so much other nonsense that they could listen to. Absolutely. They want to get the real stuff from us. Speaking of the real stuff, 
Uh, we've been going for quite a little while here, and I want to give him a song. This is another song brought to us by Biker Chick, and this song is by Kim Walker-Smith uh, from, uh, she's Jesus Culture, yeah? Uh, Kim Walker-Smith. Uh, but this song is called Throne Room, so we're going to let you give a listen to this, and we'll be back on the other side of it to uh, break it down just a little bit. That's a new song to me. Uh, and uh, I was just in the break, I, I asked Biker Chick where she came up with this song and tell them where you came up with the song. Uh, Amazon Music. And I was just listening to it. Normally I listen to my playlist on Amazon. And this time I was just listening to some random Christian playlist as I was driving. And so it come on, a new song would come on that I'd like and I'd listen to the lyrics. And then before it was over, I would just screenshot the you know, the name of the song and stuff so that I had like five or six that I came up with Yeah. that way. And this is the second time I've heard the song. Literally, we listened to the song before we come back to talk about it. And I just, I was almost in tears listening to it. You know, my hands internally are going up and it's just such a beautiful praise song. Like, um, just come into Jesus. Just, just come into him. And, you know, one, I love that and I fall on my face because I'm one of those that just, there are moments where God has me face down on my floor in my office, just sobbing like a mess, praising him. And this is one of those songs for me that I just, I fall on my face and praise him. Yeah, it's, uh, for me, I, I, look, I love that idea of throne room, that it's, that's where the power is. That's where everything that matters is and so being in the throne room means that I am there with God where he is taking care of everything and it's just like look out yeah this is where it's going to happen right and and that has to be where my source of power comes from it can't come from me just like we we're talking about the persevering I have to rely on God to do to provide the power for me. Absolutely. I, I just have to. Because when I do it myself, it sucks. Yeah. It seems okay. Just like it seemed okay when I was chucking that box out the door. And then as soon as it hit and I turn around, I see 
No. Right. It, it's it's horrible. It's bad. So it's ironic you say that. So there's a situation in my extended family as well that's kind of going on. And I lost my cool too this last week um, to the point where I had gotten some messages that were very attacking to me and to my husband. And I lost my cool and I picked up the phone and I called this person and lots of profanity came out of my mouth. And I was explaining this to my spiritual mentor later and he asked me, you know, that, well, did it feel good to get it out? And I said, no, it actually didn't. You know, typically there would be that release of anger in the old way that would, it would feel better. Like I got it off my chest. Now you know what I think about you, like life is good. But now the way that God has got it in a hold of my heart, it's like, no, it didn't feel good. It feels like I let my standard down. Like I let somebody else control a part of me yes. that I should not have given them power to control. It's standing in God's truth, knowing that if I hold my tongue, there's going to be benefits. If I don't hold my tongue, there will be additional consequences. And so that's kind of where I stand now by looking at and evaluating my actions. It's, you know, there's no longer a consequence less situation. There's always going to be consequences to a negative situation and, um, negating or stopping, not getting to the point of those consequences is my end game. It's not releasing it. So I feel better. It's, I don't want negative consequences because of bad actions. So now how do I figure out in my life to be the most positive in God reflecting human being I can be? That's my end goal. Not you know, well, now you know what I feel. That's just kind of, you get me. Who cares? Yeah. It's a totally different mentality that I have now. And so it's it's ironic. Well, and it can be uh, easy. You know, I have uh, a person in my family that will say, well, I'm just being honest. And, you know, truth is good. So it's, I'm just being truthful right now. Who's truth? Yeah, well, just like, well, this is what I feel. And so if I, if I don't say this, then I'm lying, you know. And it's like, no, you're just being... But that's what I'm saying. Who's truth? That might be your truth. That might be the way you feel. But that is like the truth of the overall situation. That's not the end. You know, so I like to say, that's your perception of the truth. Yeah. You know, you might feel that way. But just because you feel that way doesn't necessarily mean it is so. That's your perception of the truth. And doesn't mean that that's the best way to go about it. No. You know, usually... the way I went about dealing with the situation here at my house was not the way to go about. The situation needed to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. But the way I went about it, right. completely wrong. Uh, my friend Mark uh, is fond of saying, you know, that God gave us permission to speak to the rock, not to strike the rock. So he said, you know, to Moses, if you speak to the rock, the water will come out. Mm -hmm. So Moses is like, well, pinata, boom, let's get some water because he was angry right. and he wanted to have his way. And that's, that's what I do. I, I hit the rock and I don't have permission. Right. I don't have permission. He gives me the ability to do that. Yeah. But it's not what I'm called to do. Right. And, 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 and that's a big difference. Yeah. Because it doesn't, um, it doesn't serve a purpose. Yeah. You know, when I was telling, uh, a, a, another guy about this situation, I told him what I did. He's like, I could see him put his head down. He's like, dude, reverse, reverse, reverse. And I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, it, and it, it 
the longer I go down that path of destruction, the more I have to repair. Yeah. And and the repairing is not it takes more time. Yeah. Than the not destroying. Exactly. Does. Yeah. Um I think that's what I was trying to not so eloquently get to earlier. I don't know if I was eloquent. They're much more eloquent than I, I was. I, you I, used very pretty words all I in a row. I said not destroy. So. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Made sense to me. Well, amen. Yes. I guess. Yes. Wow, that's that's incredible. And uh, we apologize. Uh, I, I forgot to check the microphones, and so Christina's had to move around. So in the studio now, instead of being comfortably looking at each other, we are sitting next to each other uh, awkwardly close. Awkwardly. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a beginning of summer day when it's, you know, a little bit warm. And, yeah, um, yeah so we're having to share a microphone. Yeah. Which is not we're as easy. We're both but... hoping our breath isn't rank. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we've uh, we've spent you know a half an hour of these people's time. We have. So we can probably let them go for a week and probably. and and move away from each other. Unless you want to sit here for the next half hour. No, I'm good. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> Didn't even stop and think. Didn't even do a, a, a fakey fakey like, oh, you know that would be lovely, but I have things to do. It was just a flat out no. Well, aside from breaking people's hearts. Uh, how else would you like them to communicate with you, like on your email? I know you're not going to break their hearts, but how how can they get a hold of you to tell them if they want to tell you, hey, be a little nicer to that old man? They're never going to say that. Oh man! But if they want to get a hold of me, it's bikerchick at messituppodcast.com, and I would be bowtie guy at messituppodcast.com. And if you want to get a hold of intern Dave, it's info at messituppodcast.com. Yeah, and you can check us out all over the internet. We have a, a Reddit uh, a subreddit that we do um, that's uh, Messed Up Ministries. And so get on there and, and, and join the conversation there. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And uh, wherever you're listening right now, please take just a little bit of time and give us a review um, on that, uh, whether it's iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever, because that's how new listeners can find us. And we love to do the show. And what we would love to have besides just your listenership, if you feel compelled and want to help us financially, you can join our patronage uh, group on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And you can go to our website, messituppodcast.com. You can find the Patreon link there. Yeah. And you click on that and it takes you to the Patreon page and you can help support us financially uh, for a dollar a month, $5, $10, $25 a month. I spend a lot of money at Starbucks. And I was thinking about that, that man, instead of, you know, doing these things, I could have done like, you know, one latte a month uh, sponsorship on, 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 Patreon, but it's it's not a whole lot. But with everybody doing it, it does add up, and it helps us um, keep the show on the air. So we appreciate that. And if you want to sponsor Bowtie Guys Coffee Habit, just email me or email a Starbucks gift card to Mr. Bowtie Guy, <laughs> and he'll be appreciative of that. We we love that. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, so faithfully every week. We love hearing from you. If you've got ideas for the show, please email us. If you would love to have your story on the show so we can talk about how you turned your mess into a message. That would be the best thing ever. Absolutely. Because we would much rather hear your story than ourselves just bumping our gums every week about what happened that week. Yep. And everybody else would love to hear it too because your story is super important and someone right now 
needs to hear your story more than anything else in the entire world. So True. please uh, email us, let us know so we can have you on the show. And until then, ta-ta. I guess we'll see each other next Adios. time we mess it up. See ya. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess It Up.